Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the 90s. This is Back in My Day. This is the podcast where some not-so-stereotypical millennials, easy for me to say, talk all things nerdy from our childhood, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, sometimes even further back, while also looking ahead. But today, as you just heard in a quick little tease there, we're stuck in one of our favorite decades, and we thought we'd try something a little bit different. But before I sort of explain what that all is, uh, before I get to that, today... I'm lucky enough to be joined by Michael R. Power back again. Ian Walter here as well. Welcome, gents. Welcome. Uh, Yeah, just a quick little fun idea. We are recording this on New Year's Eve of 2020, but we had a bit of a fun idea. We're going to, before we sort of catch up on the TV, movies, games from this past year and record an episode on that, um, we're going to play something a little bit different here. We thought we'd not only look back at a big year from our childhoods, but Right now for this episode, we're going to pretend that we are the age we were in 1995, and we're going to look back at our favorite movies and video games from that year. And, uh, and I think we're just going to pretend we're living in our shoes as if we are currently in 1995. We're going to list our favorites from that year, which I think, I don't know, I'll speak for all three of us, I guess, in some ways that like this year was more insane in a good way than I really thought it was like this is there's so many good things we could have these lists could be 25 titles long i think right the more and more stuff. i look the crazier it seems yeah go ahead mike no no actually i'll save my point for when when it's my turn okay okay so what actually you know what mike we'll, we'll start okay we'll, we'll let you start we're gonna start with movies and then okay. we're gonna get into video games so why don't we start um like i assume i apologize to everyone out there because my list for movies is ridiculous oh it's movies and games are just it, it's very, very difficult. I personally mm-hmm. did five of each, which was just a stupid task to do. I could have, like I said, could have done 25. But, um, like, I there's just so many cult ranked. classics, right? Like, it's uh... there, there's so many classics, tons of these things are classics. So, uh, Mike, let's start with your list. How did you do it? What, All right. you, what was your approach? And then let's start with, I guess, the quote unquote bottom of the list and make our way up, so to speak. So, yeah, so I did, I did five, try to stick yeah. it to five. But before I start, I want to say I did what you did, Dave, where it's like putting myself back in my the shoes of my whatever age we were, eight-year-old self uh, back in 1995 and trying to rank movies based on that, like how much I love them in the year 1995, not how much I love them today. Because there are some great movies in 1995 that I didn't discover until I was a bit older, right? Or we were so, too young to watch them or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So if I was actually doing this list as my top five today not looking through the eyes of my of myself there are two movies that would probably be in the top five that aren't so i want to shout them out first that's 12 monkeys and mall rats so looking back if it was me today ranking them those would be somewhere in my top five 12 monkeys might even be number one probably number two i, I love that movie it's one of the first wow, sci-fi movies wow. yeah i love sci-fi you know i love blade runner and and all that stuff but even before i saw that movie i saw 12 monkeys yeah it's probably one of the first adult yeah science fiction movies that i saw that i fell in love with so nice. that's why it would be in my list but anyways so it's not on my list today my list at number you just, five you just blew my mind with that pick because i i could have sworn it was 96 but it, it's because it falls right on that line 
Um, so, I mean, in some places it did come out in 95 and then uh, January 96 for uh, other places. There, there's a few video games that were like that too, where it says like December 95 or January 96. Right. And it just depends on where you were and stuff. Yeah, I've noticed that too. For my movies, I'm using a letter, letterbox. So I'm using my letter. And so it's 95 movie on letterbox. So that's yeah, because technically it premiered uh, in 95, but because it's like right on that date line, mm-hmm. like it actually got a wide release in, uh, in January of 96. But yeah, right, right. So it's totally valid. Uh, choice it just threw me for a loop because it's probably going to make my list, but i'll probably <laughs> yeah. just say that it's on my 96 list at some point right nice <laughs> okay so number five movie for me uh as my you know under 10 year old self would be casper the friendly ghost let me check here oh see no ghost there let me check over here check from here there see pleasure to meet you sir that movie was uh we owned it we watched it a lot it was it's actually a good movie it is um it has the cameo by the ghostbusters so i think i went over this in another episode but it's technically um you know uh, before the Marvel Universe, there could have been, I don't know, the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Universe, insanity, because yeah. technically the Ghostbusters the exist in Casper. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate crossover event before Avengers Infinity War. This was Jeep. it. Seeing Dan Aykroyd come out in his Ghostbusters uniform as Ray stands in Casper was like an awesome thing for to see as a little kid. So GBCU, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's sick. Maybe in the future they could bring Caster back. Maybe you know do some crossovers there. But um, like like you like you that's guys number said five. You're talking about the Star Wars news. Uh, they listen to my my letters about the droids. Maybe they'll listen to your letters about the uh, about that universe. Start <laughs> <laughs> writing those letters, man. Ghostbusters. Yeah, <laughs> I should. Well, it's, it's I stopped writing them after it. 1996, but maybe I'll them again. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up though, because if you think about it, if they took that cameo just a little bit more seriously, the Ghostbusters is basically the villain of a Casper movie, right? So like, yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> angle for sure. Yeah, just get the dark, gritty version. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's one number five. You All want right. me to go more or just top of five? Uh, why don't we Why don't we go five each? Why don't we each go okay. each go five? Um, Ian, how about you? How's what's your what's your okay? Uh, um, definitely. Or how did you, you approach it the same way? I assume. Definitely uh, struggling with what would be in my top five because there's so many good ones. But I will try and mix in or sprinkle in some of the ones that wouldn't be in my top five today, but would be at the time that I saw them because especially one that at that time seeing a movie three times in theaters would have been a big deal. So I'll do some honorable mentions leading up to my top five, leading up to my fifth, starting with um, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, because that movie I saw three times in theaters and that, I don't know. That movie was hilarious to me when I saw it in theaters. So just, uh, yeah, just nonstop. I think my aunt took me to see it the first time and it just kind of like blew my mind. It's like one of those things that felt like it was too old for, you know, what we were dealing with because I probably was approaching 10 at that point. Um, and then, well, okay. So just to continue along the, the honorable mention train, I've got, I marked down another one, which wouldn't be in my top five today, which is Congo. Because that movie was crazy. It was like also based on a book similar to Jurassic Park. It was based on a book written by Michael Crichton. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember watching that on uh, on my cousin's old school 
satellite thing that they had. It was like one of those giant satellites that you'd have to put in your yard and they picked up US channels. Yeah. And it picked up like the movie channels that just didn't exist where we lived at the time. And that was one of the movies that we watched. And um, I don't know why, but we were like fascinated by it. And probably because, we, again, we were probably too young to watch it, you know? Yeah. And then another one, just to shout out Robert Redford after seeing his magnificent work on Mandalorian season two and excited for what he is to bring with new projects such as the book of Boba Fett. I mean, he did Desperado in 95, which, uh, I mean, I don't know if you you're into the Robert Redford cinematic universe, but you you've got Al Marachi, uh, Desperado, and um, Once Upon Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which were all uh, fun flicks. But I don't know if they'd be in my top five for '95. Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez. That's what it was. Robert Rodriguez. What did I say? Redford. (laughs) Robert Redford. Wait. Oh yeah. I was like, wait, another director. Name is right, but is that right with the movies you're talking? Wait. (laughs) Yeah, I know Robert Rodriguez. I don't know. Another another alliteration. They're perfect comic book. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. (laughs) Robert Rodriguez. Robert Redford. Uh, that's funny, huh? That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Well, does good stuff too, so you know it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Desperado is on there as an honorable mention, and then just to lead into my top five, so we can pass to the buck, is uh, Toy Story, the uh, first sort of modern animated classic um, of of the line of Pixar films, of course. Yeah, we'll talk about Toy right. Story in a bit because that is a hundred percent on my list. So, okay, cool. Um, and it would be if I was an adult. So uh, my, my sort of honorable mention ones that wouldn't make it as I was as I was uh, younger, but do now. Um, Seven, which I love. I think that movie's awesome and super intense. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I watched way later and, and really like appreciated the way that it all is. And it's sort of one of those uh, classic thrillers. And um, one of my favorite comedies of all time, if it's not my favorite, but it's definitely in the top five of all time. And I've watched this movie... Uh, 20 30 50 times i don't know is tommy boy mm. so that is still one of my favorite Great comedies movie. of all time so that would be a hundred one hundred percent on my list as 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 of today um my number five pick for it as a kid if i was sitting in 1995 in front of the tv and i remember throwing this vhs in many times like you did with casper mike Casper one is up is my number four so that's definitely okay. on my list too so i'm on the same page with you that my number five is Babe. Babe. Hmm. Watch the heck out of that movie as a kid. Very, yeah, wholesome. That'll do pig, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Babe's on there. I think it's a great kids movie. I think it, they did a really good job with it. And it's, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I really have like nostalgia for. I, I remember loving that movie so much and watching it a ton. So, yeah, uh, that movie definitely made a splash for sure. Yeah. Those are actually good movies. That's the funny part. Yeah. Like it's about a talking pig, but they're actually good. But it's well, that's why it's so hard to choose from this year alone. Even when I think about the child stuff, like similar to what you were saying with Babe or Mike, what you were saying, I would have gone with something like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for that on that level of kind of like, you, you know, it's like a, a childlike thing that you're watching, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like still fun. Yeah. And, I, uh, and, and, and you know, I think about like. those two movies that we've already talked about and, and three really when you mentioned Toy Story is like, I just have a feeling when I think of those movies, like, oh yeah, that was my childhood. I specifically remember sitting there loving them. And if I put myself in those shoes, I know that that was something I looked forward to watching. So um, that's why those are on my list. So Mike, uh, what's your fourth? My fourth is Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Yeah. Um, So I do actually vividly remember seeing this movie in the theater. Um, What? 
probably thinking time-wise probably didn't see the first one in theaters so that would have been the first Ace Ventura maybe been the first one that I actually saw and I've actually seen this one more than the original and I loved it I thought it was hilarious I don't know looking back if it still holds up I haven't watched it in many many years but Jim Carrey such a big actor from when we were kids the Ace Ventura movies probably being the like highlight of his or thing that pushed him over made him a household name so um yeah Ace Ventura when nature calls my number four from 1995 nice it's actually funny i think i uh, pulled a spy who shagged me because i was thinking of the first ace venture when i was saying oh yeah i've seen it in theaters three times Mm -hmm. but uh yeah the second one was equally as iconic just because of the the age we were at the time Mm -hmm. and you know the whole like bumblebee tuna like uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah moving into (laughs) my four see i struggle with the order of these but it's between two and it's definitely up there mall rats right um kevin smith one of my faves from him and uh, especially now when you see sort of the iconic sort of inclusion of stan lee and this kind of thing it's like definitely got its memorable moments where you you look back and go this is a movie of its time this is a like a period piece if you will for 95 like (laughs) so yeah that one's uh great i got into kevin smith stuff way way later uh, but that's one same of yeah from, from him too for sure yeah but that's my back, number like, one favorite of his and oh, i love that movie okay. yeah it would be high on my list but as an eight-year-old i didn't want i didn't definitely didn't watch it so yeah same same um, exactly but, um my i guess my fourth was casper so mike mike will uh we'll go to your third okay number three this is a huge one this has a double meaning this game, oh. this movie this is not only one of my favorite movies of 1995, but one of my favorite video games of maybe 96, GoldenEye. Vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. And for you? The same. How do you take it? Straight up, with a twist. Thank you, mister. The name's Bond, James Bond. So my favorite James Bond movie, just because of the age, that it just hit right. It's the perfect amount of goofy, but still like has action. Um, so cheesy, so cheesy. Cheesy, but when you're a kid, <laughs> it's cool. And oh, yeah. it was before the Pierce Brosnan ones like really kind of, his later ones were worse. Um, it, and it might even be just the fact that we played the video game so much. We're so familiar with the characters like Trevelyan and Talia and all that. And Um, well those are from different movies yeah but but um, i think i feel like for for me anyway that's how i i started to know them yeah it's from the game but the locations right like the levels and you play through the movie basically in the game and i did also like the movie in its own right and i was a huge james bond fan so i owned all the box sets and gold and i looking back can't remember obviously that well but probably got me into into james bond to begin with so i remember seeing it not in theaters, but I remember seeing it at like a camp or something and um, thinking like it's the first time kind of seeing that like opening scene with the music. Like, I think it was Goldeneye, honestly. Like, I think it was the first one I ever saw. And it just, yeah, I just love James Bond ever since. So that's why. Yeah. And mm. I think, um, I think when I was looking up these movies, I'm pretty sure it was Goldeneye that it was like an, a seven year gap, I think, between Goldeneye and the previous movies. So it was actually 
who yeah. were waiting a right. long time for people that were older than us let's say that let's say they were mm-hmm. in their 20s for example like that's if you're already a fan that's a long time to wait like right now we're sort of in a bit of a lull but you know it's yeah. the next one's supposed to be coming out soon it was supposed to be out in 20 you know but the our our gap has been like three or four years which i think seems to be about the standard but going six seven eight years between these big movies that are huge worldwide is a big deal and they come in with a splash like golden eye so yeah it's something memorable yeah. for people that were older than us at the time so i remember i had license to kill recorded on vhs which i would watch from time to time so i'd definitely seen some of the bond stuff out there but golden eye changed the game because it's kind of it had one of those effects of like bringing it to the modern like this is a new movie that's coming out that kind of gets you into the franchise yeah and um and definitely like smashes it. i think my favorite pierce Brosnan by far yeah um, that's it's definitely it's probably I mean, I don't know if it's quote unquote the best one, but it's definitely my favorite of his as well. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, watching that and then uh, I remember it being one of those that like when renting, it felt like it was kind of like you're watching something a little older for, you know, supposed to be for older kids and you're kind of like excited because, you know, you're not supposed to be watching it kind of thing. So <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, definitely one of those. You got a third? Um, yeah. What do we got? Yeah. My, my third is uh, another classic comedy, Billy Madison. At no point. In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... Uh... Probably my favorite from uh, Adam Sandler, if it's not uh, Happy Gilmore. It's between Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore for sure. I think it is so for I'm, a lot of people those two. Yeah, yeah so that it, it, I think it goes back and forth like whichever whichever one you've seen more recently. More recently, when I watch yeah. Happy Gilmore, <laughs> I go crazy, and then when I watch Billy Madison, I'm like, oh yeah, that was there's so much goodness in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the kind of things like Simpsons that you just grew up quoting, and Billy Madison is definitely one of those kind of. I, I would say it's a cult classic at this point. Like, Oh, yeah. Yes. And I think for, for people our generation and our, our age range, if, if you were anywhere from the early 80s to early 90s, it's got to be one of the movies that was quoted the most growing up. It's got to be. It was for me. I know that. Whether I was doing it or someone else was, it was just always the one. And then, <laughs> and then yes. And then I think Happy Gilmore would have been like just behind or even the Ace Ventura movies. Like those are like the four, I think, that were like the most quoted in the nineties, you know, for me anyway. So yeah. uh, nice. Uh, my, uh, my third goes a little bit more again, un- un- skewed to the, to the younger age stuff. Uh, it's a goofy movie. Mm, I like that movie. Oh, I'm, nice. Yeah. I haven't seen it's it in a long time. Of cheese, uh. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I know that was it, if it was 2020 or 2019, uh, I guess it was this year it would have been 25 years back. So there's a couple, uh, a few articles, a lot of outlets were sort of writing about how ahead of its time it was and how it wasn't even necessarily that much of a kid's movie. It's very much a, a father son road trip type type idea. And it's got some serious parts to it. I just remember really enjoying it and enjoying the music and, and just, I love the sort of, you know, um, that kind of animation for those movies. And I just, I remember specifically coming home from school. I probably, I don't know how long I was doing it for and, and watching that movie, maybe it wasn't start to finish, but definitely the first half of that movie coming home from school and just watching it. 
just every, like every day. I mean, like five days straight, I would come home and I would just watch that movie. And I probably did that for at least a month is my guess. And my brother saying, oh, again, or oh, again. I'm like, well, sorry. <laughs> you know, and it's the only VHS player we had. And it's the only TV <laughs> that was hooked up to TV, at, you know, cable at the time or anything. So, um, yeah, that, that, that hits, hits a soft spot for me because I know that I loved it so much. And I remember... I got to watch it again. Reading those articles, I, I just didn't get around to watching it again, but uh, really, really enjoyed that movie. So yeah, a goofy movie. That'd be my third. Nice. That was another Disney claim show, right? Yep, it was. Uh, that's a good yeah. That's, yeah. I totally forgot about that one. All right. Next for me, my number, number two, two. 1995. Uh, it's been mentioned before, but it's Toy Story. The first Pixar movie had to be up there just for the fact that it was the first Pixar movie. It was a big deal too. Um, we did all probably watch it over and over in theaters, created an empire, created our lifelong love for the Pixar movies and entire studio. And they're still making them today, which I think is a testament to the first movie. So definitely, definitely classic um, and could only beat out by my number one movie, which I'm excited to talk about. Because <laughs> <There you laughs> Toy Story, you would think it would be number one in a lot of people's, but there's just one movie, 1995, that I found. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, George, okay, a little so, bit more. Mike, I'm you're excited about my number one. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for the number one. Um, Mike, um, the number my, ones my, are gonna be good. Yeah, it might my, be the same I'm as gonna, you guys. It might be the same. You my know, my, my number ones. one, my number one is Toy Story. I figure we might as well just okay. talk about it because we're here. Um, yeah. And Ian, you already mentioned it. So yeah. yeah, for me, for me, it was actually no doubt, and it would be the same movie today as well. It would be. Toy That's movie. awesome. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Yeah, the, the older I get and the more I watch these movies, we just watched the second and third over the last month, just popped it on Disney Plus just to watch some some Pixar stuff. And then uh, leading up to Soul and uh, we watched a couple of Pixar movies and those were two of them. I just I, I have this insane like love connection to these movies, like specifically Toy Story, especially one, two and three. Um, four, I still really enjoyed, which we've talked about in the past, but one, two, and three growing up with them and the perfect ages that they came out. And um, I mean, Pixar, for me, I, I've, I've realized that over the years that if it wasn't for Star Wars, anything Pixar would be my favorite of anything. It's, it's those two things. Those are my top. I know it's, it's not really a franchise. Toy Story itself is one, but anything Pixar and anything Star Wars are, is, is me. So Toy Story is what kicked it off. And I remember again, yeah, seeing this in theaters, watching it a bunch of times from the clamshell on DHS, like all of that stuff. So it's it's uh, some of my favorite characters, some one of my favorite movies still in my top. I think it's eight or 10 of all Pixar movies, this one. So yeah, Toy Story is my, my number one yeah. now and then. It's a great franchise, the Toy Story franchise. But also what you're saying about Pixar... It is still technically like a cinematic universe in the same way that, say, Kevin Smith's View Askew is a right. universe of its own, right? I mean, when you look at all the references they put into Toy Story 4, it's clear that there's a lot of love for all of their unique properties. Right? Yeah, so. and they have a couple of references to their movies in Seoul as well. I don't know if you guys caught that here or not, but we'll talk about that as we get to that movie uh, eventually. I've, nice. I heard them in the movie. I was like, oh, wow. Cool. That's cool. Um, all right, Ian, uh, you're well, number yeah, two. My number two, uh, we've already talked about, which is Goldeneye, which, nice. I mean, we could go on about that. I think we it's a recurring theme just because the video game was so iconic. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just I'll offer up another honorable mention because there's so many. Die Hard with a Vengeance uh, didn't make my list, but that's one like interchangeable with Goldeneye in terms of action and just the time that it was in. Like just 
um, yeah, just another great action film that's part of a franchise that I think most of us enjoy. So yeah, that'd be part of, uh, that'd be that'd be very close to my list as as an adult. I think would be would be one of those. I think it's one of those ones where when I watched it, I felt like okay, this is the best Die Hard that we've yeah, yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when you go back, the the original is so iconic. The original, just, yeah. It, it gives sure. you when you go back and you appreciate the movies for what they are the the original stands out more but at the time when you're watching it's like a flashy sequel with samuel jackson and you're like this movie's awesome like yeah it's a little bit that, more that's how I, I, I felt i don't know if goofy's the right word to say it but it's a little bit more um well yeah it's the whole brother of the villain coming back for revenge for yeah a little, bit, <laughs> a little bit sillier i guess maybe is what it is in some aspects so um okay so i have my number two but you guys both have your number one i have a feeling that my two is one of your number ones, but I, I don't know which way, what way should we should do this. I feel like Mike hit a pretty good tease there. So maybe we leave Mike's for last or Mike, you just say yours and then we see what, where we go from there. I don't know. <laughs> I think most likely mine is, I think we're most likely this is all the same movie, but we'll see. So let's reveal it. My number one. Okay. It, the best movie, 1995, Jumanji. before they must roll the dice you're playing the game i started in 1969 i'm gonna have to play and finish the game together it's not my turn whose turn is it <laughs> yeah you guys yeah no different yeah. epic for me a different epic oh it's different oh yeah. shit okay so it's, oh. it's my number two it's my number two for sure it's my number one yeah yeah and it would 100 percent be on my list today as well so yeah it's um, number one on my list even today it would be number one um yeah, I don't know if there's like it's just a great movie, it's just a classic. It, it, Everyone's seen it. Robin Williams, like, why we love him when we were kids. Yeah, um, it sparked it sparked the cartoon, which I'm sure you watched. Dave, I watched. Yeah, uh, even the playing the board game with the, with her friends. Just oh, the imagination. I wish, I wish I had the board game. I wish I had it. Yeah, everyone had that board game. Uh, yeah. Just the imagination of of the movie yeah. and the fact that it's here back again today and. In modern day movies with like the rock and kevin hart yeah and i actually which do are love actually those surprisingly movies. good <laughs> i love those movies they did a yeah. great job uh, yeah. translating from a board game to a video game and like changing with the times yeah. so but still nothing can touch the classic it's still uh i don't even know but, like it's just such a cool idea such a cool idea especially being a board game fan yeah. such a such a like a uh, fantasy or wish realization of like a board game coming true right like how cool would that be so and it actually like it's Robin Williams and he's a comedian. He's funny and he's funny in it, but it's not really a comedy. Is it like, no, no, it, it's a straight it, up it's adventure a, movie. Yeah. It's an adventure movie. Exactly. The newer so, ones are funnier than, than this one probably is. I think the new ones, but, the newer ones are a little bit more goofy in, in some ways. They, they sort he of still like, brings the humor, but it still yeah. isn't a adventure movie and quite like scary. And I remember seeing it in theaters as well. And, um, yeah, there's dark scary, stuff. The yeah. scary parts being the crocodiles in the living room and the yes. kid turning into the monkey. I was always kind of disturbing. Yes, I remember that being freaking me out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's just stuck with me the most. I've probably watched it the most. And it's just such a classic. So that's my number one. Jumanji. Yeah, for sure. I. It's funny. I just saw just before we started recording, his uh, his daughter is pretty active on social media and stuff like that. And she's she's pretty funny. His daughter's name is Zelda, which is just amazing. Um but she posted a, a tweet that said, look, I know there's a lot of folks who aren't, who aren't agreeing on things this year, but can we all just get along just long enough to shout Jumanji at midnight 
an end of this year's game. <laughs> yes. I'm so <laughs> down. Nice. Which is which is so great to end off 2020. I thought that was just absolutely hilarious. So wait, uh, who's been playing Chubunji? There's Plague, there's Killer Hornets. <laughs> yeah, oh my exactly. god, it's all coming together. Someone's know, playing Jumanji. Right? Someone has an unfinished game out there. Who Those hasn't finished Hornets. the game yet? Yeah. yeah. So um yeah so that's my two mike that's your one awesome yeah, i think that, we all I mean, agree the, it's just an awesome movie so it's such a classic it should have made my list in terms of like from the time of 1995 would definitely be on there i just uh you know i i recently caught up on the new films and i i love that it's one of those things where we've often talked about with sequels or reboots where it sits it still technically applies to the old world of jumanji it's still part of the same universe in the same in the sense that it's just like a modern take but it still technically exists in that world. So yeah, exactly. I love that. Cool. I love that. It, it could cool, be another right? good example of how to do uh, yeah. one of these. What do they call them again? Like reboots? Like a reboot. But it's actually yeah. a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, guess I, I call that a soft reboot, but like, yep. basically, yeah, there's so many terms for it. But yeah, soft reboots, probably. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I it like seemed like a. Yeah, it seemed like it could be like a weird, like, like just use the title just to sort of get people in the seats to watch the movie. But they, but they actually, for the most part, they worked. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was a bit of a surprise too. So, Ian, I'm very interested now. What's, what's your, <laughs> I, I have a yeah, feeling, but I, I don't know for sure. What's Can, we guess? Can yeah. we guess? Well, you, you could probably guess if you think about potentially my background or okay, uh, it's it. more of an it. epic. Yeah. 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 So an epic it's, okay. then I don't, I've I don't got it, it then. I don't have it. Since I've seen it to this day, it stands alone as my favorite. And it's probably biased due to the fact of my cultural background. But um, yeah, my favorite epic of all time, Braveheart, 1995. Um, right, I mean, right, right. There's so much to Makes love sense. about this movie. When I saw it, it was like I finally saw a piece of sort of Scottish heritage, however accurate, however historically accurate or inaccurate it may be. <laughs> Um, it, it really seemed to uh, give me a taste of uh, you know the old uh, the olden days the olden times in the UK or at least Scotland and England right so um, yeah just uh, I don't know there's so much to love about that movie the action um, the the story itself the script like everything uh, about that movie and all of, of course the Oscars that came with it uh, due to it being uh, you know one of those Oscar caliber kind of epics type stories that you see from from years to years in the 90s but definitely braveheart that's still to this day one of my all-time favorite films nice i haven't seen that in in, in a while it's i rewatched it oh man it's got to be 10 years ago that i watched it or close to it and stuff but i still love i still love that movie it's still great it's you know you know with that that genre i don't know if you just consider epic or historic war film or whatever you want to call it there are so many actors in braveheart and creatives that were on that project that have just popped up over the years from time to time whether it be gladiator or any of these other type epic uh you know battle war films uh, there are so many actors and uh, other uh, crew members that were from braveheart that kind of just you can kind of follow their careers and go oh they popped up in this they popped up in this so many of those like epic caliber films uh, i just think it it, it definitely kind of changed the game when it came to those those it war was their episodes. um it was their preschool and then they went to grade school after that and kept going right <laughs> like yeah. one of those <laughs> yeah it was just uh, i don't know the the action in that movie is fantastic it is truly, it's, it's insane truly it's gory brilliant. yeah um i don't know if we have a definitive uh you know 1 2 3 uh, out of the three of us but i think we're all in agreement that this was a little too tough to do for 5 
So, <laughs> oh yeah, we definitely limited ourselves and could have gone longer. But I think none of us would would disagree with any of the of the stuff we have on here. I don't think we would shy away from watching any of these movies again multiple times if we needed to and everything. So I think it's pretty easy to say that '95 is a stellar year for for movies and yeah. so many of these mike like you've said a couple times so many of these movies still hold up which is just insane 25 years later mm-hmm. like there's uh, even two more that are fighting for my top five spot from a uh, 1995 perspective and that's batman forever and mortal kombat i mean those those yeah. movies were those huge when I was a kid. <laughs> no but i mean top, <laughs> no, but again top five like you said from when of oh, its time okay. when you okay. see that like you're sitting in the theater like i remember watching mortal kombat over and over just loving the fight scenes and whatever yeah. and batman forever is still part of that like you know that initial batman craze of like loving you know, yep. those batman movies well and, so. I, and i remember t- like i wrote down a couple other ones that came out that some we would see as when we were younger some a little bit later uh and you mentioned it you teased it earlier the power rangers movie came out i wasn't huge into power rangers but i know a lot of people were at the time for sure. Rock the job. Um, <laughs> Judge Dredd also came out in 95, which is a pretty cool Oof. movie. Yeah. Um, I like Water- that movie too. And Waterworld. Waterworld also came yeah, out. Yeah, that's on the bottom of my list. Yeah. It was almost a dishonorable mention, but I, I actually liked it when I saw it. So. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, it in so long, but I remember being like just so weird and corny and stuff. But, you know, it's another one of those sort of early mid 90s sort of action, quote unquote, epic type things. And, and um, a somewhat interesting idea and stuff so um, sorry i mean while we're on the topic of dishonorable mentions i wasn't even going to bring this up but i feel like we're (laughs) we're just teetering along the line so the usual suspects is definitely yeah a movie that has has really messed with me in the terms of there's not few there's there's very few projects that i've changed the opinion of strictly because of outside forces or things that um kind of change the way I, i see the film like um example um well i don't i don't know it's basically just the whole muddiness of it being a brian singer film with yeah. featuring sure. um kevin spacey and that's something that i see a lot uh like people are often able to separate the art from the artist and that's great but with certain things it's just kind of hard because you have to go back to like how they came up with the movie and what what they're the message you're trying to send and it kind of uh, muddies that message if that makes any sense yeah oh yeah 100 percent muddies the waters and stuff but it's not exactly a movie you can ignore either i think in some ways so i totally get that for sure um yeah so there you go there's our movies from 1995 and we're gonna take a just a couple second break here and we're gonna jump into the video games which in my opinion was even harder to choose <laughs> so oh, wow. um yeah so we're gonna take a look back at that and then pick our top five uh, 1995 video games as well All right, gents, welcome back after a uh, look back 25 years ago at uh, some of our favorite movies as uh, as we sat in our shoes of 1995, we're going to look at our favorite games as well. So this will be uh, games that we loved at that time uh, throughout the year of 95, as if we were sitting on our 1995 couches or in front of our probably low powered PCs and uh, and playing those games. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off this one with uh, with something that's actually now that I mentioned uh, 
coaches and, and PCs. My number five pick for this, we're going to do another, another top five uh, for our favorite games from 1995, um, is Time Crisis for Arcade. Which, is, which was the first... I was debating that. Yeah, which was, I think, from my memory at least, it was the first one that I played, or that at least played widely anyway, at, at the arcade that had the pedal where you'd, you'd duck behind the cover, and then you'd pop out, and you'd duck behind the cover. I know that there's other games that did that, but this was out in 95, and I 100% remember playing 1, 2, 3, 4, 19, however many came out um, over the course of the 90s and early 2000s, and... You know, it's a heyday of arcades. You'd go to the uh, go to the movie theater, or you go to a separate arcade, or you'd go to the uh, the laser arcade, or whatever you want to call it, and, and you'd play a game like Time Crisis. And that was the only way you could play it at the time. And I think it was a Sega game, I believe. So it was out for Dreamcast and things like that. But uh, I experienced it in the arcade, and just another fun way to uh, play games with with your friends too, right? I think it was two people, so yeah, it was fun. Ian, did you did you? Play time crisis at all or was it those yeah um it's one of those games that are familiar to me just because of places like palladium and they always seem to have a new iteration of it like time crisis 4 or whatever it is yeah right? yeah <laughs> so just being one of those great shooters like the old like terminator one you know where you're just like aiming a big gun at the screen kind of thing exactly. or uh you know even if it's the pistol but you kind of shoot off screen to reload it kind of yeah. kind of deal those were a lot of fun i don't know if i played the original or remember playing the original like around that time yeah but definitely as you kind of repeat going to arcades over the years that that's one of the popular ones for sure yeah and it's one of the like you said it's one of the franchises that that would definitely repeat itself for sure and i think uh what is, is it house of the dead is that what it is oh yeah, yeah. Zombie one that's another very similar thing which i think was even before this so um, yeah, you've got so, sci-fi yeah. shooter meets horror shooter right like, exactly that's... exactly yeah yeah um ian what about you what was your what was your fifth here it was tough to narrow it down but i think um i think this one's definitely gonna pop up on some lists um but i'll definitely go with uh it is tough though uh you know what i'll just i'll just start uh jumping off what we were talking about with honorable mentions for the films in 1995 sure yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. this was already a big video game franchise so mortal Kombat. um yeah. all of the iterations were important in their own right but i think one and three had a major impact for me. Uh, two being just kind of one of those other ones that you played. Um, but three seemed to elevate the game and increase uh, the, the amount of playable characters. So Mortal Kombat 3 is my uh, choice for this uh, sort yeah, of top that on five, my, if you will. Uh, yeah, I had that on my list of, of ones that uh, are just outside the list as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's tough, man. There's a lot of great games from 1995, but definitely back in that time, I was playing all of these Mortal Kombat games. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, is that, was that on your actual list or is that just an honorable mention one? Uh, so that's that's there. It's definitely on there. And I had it for Sega Genesis. Nice. Yeah. Um, another honorable mention would have been the original Worms. I remember yeah. playing those games oh, as well. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, those kind of games where it was like you see the whole map. Um, yeah. I remember there was a PC game called Scorched Earth that reminds me of Worms where it was just a tank battle game and you would choose different uh, projectiles and stuff like that. Nice. And Worms was definitely a step up from that. So, yeah. definitely a game that uh, a, a big time waster of our, of our youth, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Worms was one I played later, I think, but I definitely, the, the franchise is fun. It's kind of goofy and stuff, mm-hmm. too. I like those ones. Um, kind of hidden gems in some way. I think they're a little bit forgotten because they, they had a, quite a few of them out when we were younger, and 
now there's other versions of it and stuff, but I think for the most part, uh, those sort of were 90s and early 2000s games and stuff. So, um, yeah, Mike, how about yourself, man? You got, uh, got a, Am I doing number fives? Yeah, we'll do a fives, yeah. Okay. Or, or anything that might have just missed your list. You know what? Number five for me, I'm also going to go Mortal Kombat. We're doing games looking back, right? Looking games, yeah. looking yeah. back what you played. Played Mortal Kombat uh, for the Sega Genesis. I was also a Sega Genesis kid. I never had a Super Nintendo. Even though one of the games on this might be for a Super Nintendo, I never had one. <laughs> and um, I had Mortal Kombat 3, and I think I had Mortal Kombat 2. And I loved Reptile. And I love yeah, the Mortal Kombat games. The They're awesome. Yeah, and everyone loved back Reptile, in the day. right? He was always like, the, he's like the guy. The reason I loved Reptile, because back in the day, before the internet, when you wanted to do a fatality, you had to either hear it from a neighbor or a friend at school or get someone to give you a piece of paper. Maybe there were guidebooks, but I never had any of those. Or you could do what I do and sit in your basement for hours and painstakingly try different combinations, write them down on paper until you hit a fatality. And I actually discovered... Oh, I remember writing them down on paper for sure. Yeah, I actually discovered Reptile's fatality like on my own. You know, It was like back, back, down, forward, B or something. And I actually... One of the second that I hit it, I was like, oh, my God, I discovered Fatality. And uh, ever since then, I, I it was the one where he eats the guy's head off. Ever since then, I've loved Reptile. Just Do you ever hit those memory. and then have no idea what you press and you just go, like, agonize over what you, like, what was I doing? No, that's why I was painstakingly <laughs> tracking all of my button presses with a piece of paper. He's not an so amateur man, happen. okay. <laughs> yeah, he's not a button masher like I was? Okay, Yeah, cool. same, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The button mashing thing, like, you try at the start and then, you're like, this ain't working. I gotta be more methodical about this, these fatalities here. So, anyways, that was actually insanely frustrating but insanely fun and good memories yeah. good Different memories kind of discovery and stuff right yeah yeah um so that's my number five yeah another three. game that another franchise that started out in arcades for me and then slowly crept its way onto the same. console same yep yeah. yep i think i might have experienced the first one at home but definitely played the the i think two or three especially three four in the arcades for sure those are fun ones to pick up um because i never owned any of them so it was like mm. another excuse to play those games. Friends did and stuff, but um, okay. So my fourth is uh, this goes to show how far back the Star Wars stuff goes with me. Um, and it's not even that great of a game looking back at it now, but at the time it was like, oh my God, such a different way of looking at Star Wars. Star Wars Dark Forces, which was the first yes. first person shooter Star Wars game. So um, I... I know that I played this first at a friend's place because his older brother, who's three, four years older than us, uh, sort of was like the PC guy. He had all the games for PC, and that's how I got introduced to a couple of the games and franchises that I still love today. And, uh, and yeah, just like a first-person game in general at the time when you're under 10 years old is just super cool. Then it, you add the Star Wars tag to it, and you play in a part of the universe you haven't been to before, or you're doing a story that you haven't done before you know all those kind of things just sort of mashed together and um, you know looking back it's pretty primitive and stuff like that for an fps but um yeah cool pc star wars different kind of approach in the in the mid 90s when there really wasn't any star wars that's how you were getting your star yeah. wars fix and i wasn't reading the novels because they were too advanced for me at the time so this was my star wars fix on top yeah. of the original trilogy so yeah that's why it's on my list and i think you nailed it with just being a first person shooter for 
for Star Wars, like you had other classic games in that genre, whether it's you know, I think Castle Wolfenstein or Doom yeah, or Doom even Duke stuff, Nukem yeah. 3D. Like those were the ones that we were playing, but then now we've got a Star Wars game and it's kind of in the in the conversation. So yeah, and it's I not really like a like tournament or Quake where you're not playing deathmatch, you're going through a story and stuff, which is which yeah. is interesting, right? Um, yeah. How about you, Ian? What's what's next on the list? Uh, for me, it's okay. So there was a couple big sequels in 1995 in terms of the major uh, video game franchises. And I know this is going to pop up on some of your lists, likewise with the Dark Forces being on my list at some point, uh, would be Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Quest. Wait, is that going to pop up again? I don't know. I don't think it is. No, I don't think it exists. I'm not sure. No, anybody. No, no. Nobody yeah. else likes anybody. Donkey. No one else likes that ever played He's that just game, the yeah. villain <laughs> from the first Mario game, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's just the what villain. Is, what is a Donkey Kong? I don't get it. Yeah, Dave definitely doesn't know what a Donkey Kong is. No, uh, I've never heard of that Nothing game, about though. that game. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like like Mike said, I was a Genesis kid, but we, we all had friends that had Super NES, and definitely later in life I was playing uh, Super NES as well. But this was a game that could not be ignored. It kind of elevated the platforming uh, genre into a kind of more cool, almost 3D-looking experience, right? When you just consider the mechanics and everything that went involved went into making those Hong uh, games. But I guess I'll keep it moving because I think this one will come up again as well. All right. It's going to be... Uh, this one might come out of left field for you guys, but, but I think if you know me, you'll understand that my fourth favorite game of 1995 is NHL 96. So usually, you know, they come out in the fall and they're titled yeah. the year after. So I have loved NHL games. Well, I loved hockey my whole life. Loved NHL. loved NHL video games ever since this one, which was the first one that I got for computer. Yep, I played this on computer, um, yeah. And if you remember this one, Dave, it's the first NHL game to use like polygons, right? To have it like look 3D. Oh, yeah, like 94 so. is very pix is pixels, and 94 is the best NHL game ever made. NHL 94 still holds up. They just released an anniversary edition this year yeah. with NHL 20, and they played the crap out of it. It's awesome. Um, this game, probably 96, probably does not hold up. They probably couldn't re-release it the way they do 94 no. so much. Because now, it is that transition from the 2D pixels to the polygons, which this game was. But at the time, when you're a kid and you're eight years old and you're in, and you're in 1995 playing this game, and you could actually play it with a friend on a computer where someone was the keyboard and someone was the mouse, and me and my friend played the crap out of this game, and it instilled like a lifelong love for NHL games. For me, I still pretty much buy them every single year. The same EA uh, NHL games, they come out every year. And the 96 just always sticks out for me as the one that that we had so much fun with. Uh, the hitting was hilarious. I mean, you could slap shot it, hit the ref, and he would go flying. Like, little <laughs> things like that were just hilarious. Now, I, I have a, I have the same sort of, like, long-term love for the NHL games. And, and, and uh, this was, like, the second or third one that I ever had because I had 94. I had 93. NHL PA 93 I had on Super. That's how far back. It goes that I've had NHL games. Now I want to take a guess. I'm pretty sure I know what player was on each cover for, pretty much, for pretty much every game. Okay. 1996. I'm fairly certain was John Van Beesbrook. 
No, it wasn't. Oh. It was, I'll give you a hint. It's two people. I think that might be 97. Oh, okay. I might be thinking 97. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know 98 was Forsberg. 98 was Forsberg. Had that one. 97 was Van Beesbrook. You got that, okay. right? Do you remember 96? Now I don't because Van Beesbrook's the first one I can think of. It's uh, the two captains fighting in the Stanley Cup. It's uh, Scott Stevens and uh, Steve Eiserman. Oh, the Devils and the Red Wings. Yeah, yeah, I can picture that yeah. one now. Yeah. Okay. Damn, I thought I knew them all. Well, you still know them all. You just you just got the year off. That's I all. got one one year off. Yeah. I yeah. Until you mentioned it, I completely forgot about that cover. But I can I can I can probably do the rest of them <laughs> the closer we get, which is kind of sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, NHL series. That's that's a good one. Um, okay, so my next one's another PC one. And uh, if I made a list today, it would probably still be on there. I did purchase a sort of quote-unquote re-release of this last year, I believe it was, and played it for a bit. Still feels kind of wonky because it's so old. But um, for me, undoubtedly, this was this was one of the games that I played the most over the course of between 95 and probably 97. For a few years, I played this. And all single player, all playing it against, you know, didn't have the internet for it or anything, but it's Warcraft 2. Mm, that was... Wondering when that was going to pop up. Yeah, yeah so, I have a feeling that's going to come up. Yeah, it's uh, it's so it, this is Warcraft two and three are my experience with Blizzard and Warcraft games. I never played WoW. I know we've talked about this before. Um, that's the difference between between us and Ian is that that we had I had a very sh- much shorter stint with Warcraft, and I still kind of get it. But a lot of the newer characters I don't recognize and stuff. But you know, RTS games um, are always great, and this was my first one that I played. After I played this, I remember playing a friend's copy of the very first game and stuff. Anyways, Warcraft 2 is just a classic and um, old school Blizzard stuff that I just absolutely love and and went back and played, I think, most of the campaign stuff uh, last year. And it's super cheesy, the writing. It's super cheesy, the voice acting. Um, but it's really cool. It's old school Blizzard. And is that your number four, Dave, or number three? That'd be my three. That'd be my mm. three. Yeah. So I just want to jump in before Ian goes and say it's also my three. Ah. Warcraft 2. Um, I think, if, if full disclosure, I think it's a better game than my number two, but I didn't own <laughs> Warcraft 2, so my number two is is there because I owned it, but I loved uh, real-time strategy games yeah. when I was kid. That was basically oh, yeah. the first games I got into. Yeah. Um, before it's I one of those genres that's like kind that. of fluttered away because we've moved on to like 3D kind of back when the computer stuff, right? was so. the only thing that I had and I was young they were the games that I was playing so yeah, Warcraft 2 was was, a, was I, a right I there still, it doesn't work anymore because either my disk drive is not really working on my PC and I haven't bothered to fix it because I don't need it but I still have the, the disc for this game nice I still awesome yeah I still have the original plastic i still have the original it, the the sheet that's on the front that has the cover of the actual uh game uh, cover cover art is gone but the back of it's still on there i still have the disc itself it's just a plain silver one that has a logo on it and stuff like i don't know why i still have it but i'll i'll hang on to it because i love this game so um, nice yeah so i guess we can go to ian for his yeah uh, so my number yeah, three is one we've also mentioned which is star wars dark forces thank you lord vader what i unveil today will mark a new era for the empire we will be able to decimate the rebels just as we did the jedi knights at last the emperor's war will be filled only with the glory and beauty of decisive victory a noble cause general i hope the demonstration lives up to your claims Proceed with pleasure. 
I believe I brought it up in a previous episode when we were talking about Star Wars games. Funny enough, same year when I think we were mentioning the Star Wars TIE Fighter game came out. So uh, Dark Forces was the one I was playing more so than anything just because I think I owned it and didn't didn't try the TIE Fighter one until later in life. But uh, just everything that you said, Dave, being a first-person shooter set in the Star Wars universe. And at that time, a lot of the shooters were exactly the same just reskinned if that makes sense like the mechanics were all the same yep so it yep. just mattered about the story and uh how much you enjoyed uh shooting the bad guys yeah, yeah exactly i wish i so could remember star what the wars story is yeah i wish i could remember what the story is but uh maybe it's well i'm pretty like... sure dark troopers were involved in the storyline i don't think i'm making that up because i think some the, kind the... of dark trooper thing yeah yeah because in the, I remember when they mentioned it, the Mandalorian, they made a point of saying it was like third generation Dark Troopers. So there have been like other attempts at them. Um, so it's interesting that uh, they might have been involved in that storyline too. Yeah, I'm just looking it up now. Let's see. It says, uh, introduces a character, a former stormtrooper and agent, now mercenary for hire uh, for the rebels. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it says there's a version of the of Dark Troopers. Yeah, after the Battle of Yavin, Mon Mothma. Oh man. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look at this again. That's Have they remastered it. this one? What's that? Like, I feel like a lot of these old Star Wars games would would uh, de- definitely benefit from a remaster. Like, I would go back and try games that i missed like uh knights of the old republic and all that stuff if they had yeah. remastered versions for yeah sure. those those they've re-released a bunch of times those specific ones the kotor ones but they haven't like fully remastered them um yeah no they haven't re-released these ones but they're not really canon anymore right that's i think they're part of legends yeah they're part of legends which is still fine i mean me and you especially i think would still enjoy that and stuff but uh yeah so we've caught up to our threes uh ian let's keep going what's your what's your sec what's your number two and then and then we'll okay uh, so now we're into the territory of i've definitely never been huge on the final fantasy games in the sense that i haven't played very many of them but the first one that i really deeply got into was chrono trigger (laughs) so i mean we've mentioned it for sure on this podcast but chrono trigger it just had everything all of the elements of a solid rpg um layered with a really great story that kind of did some jumping back and forth in time, whether or not you were far into the future uh, in sort of a dystopian reality or back into like sort of a more traditional fantasy setting. Um, there's definitely a lot to enjoy from Chrono Trigger that I found. Yeah. I don't know. You guys played this one? I, I, I know Mike has, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty certain. Yeah. So for me, I can't say that much about it cause it's been years since I've played it. And I know for a fact that I never, made it even close to the end. So it's one of those ones that I just consider, I, I just personally just consider it on my own list of shame because I don't remember enough about it and haven't played it in probably 20 years. And I just need to do that. I need to, I need to rectify that. I know I do. So um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had more to say about it personally. <laughs> yeah. I'll hold off on that one. For- yeah. Yeah. Mike's going to hold off. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so we'll, we'll go deeper into that in a sec, but my number two is still to this day in a game that I played and finished around this time last year, I would say late 2019, I played it. I was super excited that it came out on the, on the Switch Online, um, is uh, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. 
I love, oh, yeah. I love this game. Love it. I still, like the second it came on the Switch online, I said, I got to play this game. I haven't played in so long and it's still one of my favorites. And uh, yeah, and I was, I was actually pleasantly surprised that it still really holds up. It still is so solid. I love the art style in it. It almost looks like it's hand drawn. They had to create their own. Um, I realize now, an article about it uh, last year, the year before, about how they created their own sort of graphic style just to make it work. There's sort of like a depth to the to the art style to it and stuff. But the gameplay is just so tight and it's just so fun. Um, it's it's pretty goofy and it's definitely out there compared to the first Super Mario World, which. I think is easy to say that we all love with the yellow cape and introduces Yoshi. And this is just a real cool way to sort of bring Yoshi into his own game. And um, yeah, I just absolutely love this game and, and, and would play it at any time. I just think it's so much fun and brings back so many memories. It's one of those games that I just, I rented over and over and over. And I think a couple years after it came out, bought it because, you know, I had to play it again, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, one of those ones that I always remember as one of my favorites growing up. And I'm, yeah. The happy yeah that was the other major franchise sequel that I was alluding to when I mentioned Donkey Kong. Yeah, too, there so. you go. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's still one of my favorites. And, and again, if I made a list today, it would still be on there too, because I just love it. Uh, I had a feeling we'd see that one pop up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still one of my favorite Mario games, if you want to consider it that of all time. So, uh, Mike, I guess you're next. It's right. as much of a Mario game as uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. Is a Mario that's, game. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, Mario's in it. He's just a baby, right? So, yeah. Mike, what's All that? right. Uh, number two, right? For you? Number two for me is, like I said, I like real time strategy. Like I said, this game probably isn't as good as my number three, which is Warcraft 2, but it's my second favorite of the year and the year 1995. And that is Command and Conquer, the yes. video game that set off the the franchise, the Command and Conquer franchise. So that's the very first game. Since that game, there's been, I don't know, 20 probably Command and Conquer games. It's its, own, it's its own thing now, but this was the very first one. I love the Command and Conquer games. I loved especially Red Alert 2, Red Alert yep. Yuri's Revenge. Those came out later in the 2000s, but those are the ones I really got into. But I did own this this when I was a little eight-year-old kid. I did own this first one, Command and Conquer. I remember the box very well. And it set... it set my love for the real-time strategy games um the mechanics of it you know which have since been perfected by by companies like blizzard and starcraft uh, i'm not sure if this was the very first real-time strategy game ever but it was the first in the fan and conquer series and they yep. clearly you know they clearly had something good just look at all the games they they released right so i love this game i played the crap out of it once once red alert 2 came on i started playing online and everything um so I had to give a shout out to Command and Conquer. If Definitely. I'm sitting there as myself in 1995, this 100% was the game I was playing. Yeah, and and yeah, I I have so much love for Command and Conquer, and I think my obsession for that franchise stems from Red Alert, uh, yeah, which same. would be the undisputable number one for me. But Command and Conquer still landed me. At number one, when I'm considering all the games that came out in 1995, ah, because oh, nice. of the fact that you know it has a bit of a different lore to it than say the Red Alert games. The Red, the Red Alert games is a different spin on like an alternate future on our history. Yeah. Whereas the uh, the Command and Conquer games have their own little universe going, and I really started to develop appreciation for it. Probably just because I was looking for more games like Red Alert when I was playing these games. But just I like the fact that there was sort of the 
the hand, you know, the 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 classic villain uh, faction, and then the uh, the GDI Global Defense Initiative, which is like clearly your homegrown heroes kind of military operation. And and you know the fact that these games had the live action actors in their cutscenes, like the actual cinematics were so much fun to follow along. Uh, made for such a great story, I think. So Command & Conquer, definitely my number one. And I think right. it was Command & Conquer. Might have been Tiberian Sun, but one of them had Michael Bean. I uh, love Tiberian Sun, too. Uh, was Kyle recent Terminator. He recently popped up in yep. season two of The Mandalorian. And when he shows up in, I think it was Tiberian Sun, one of the Command & Conquer that sounds right. titles. Sounds right. Um, in the in the cinematics, you're just like, wow! Like as a fan of Terminator, I just couldn't believe they were getting these amazing uh, star star power. Yeah, <laughs> and then in Red Alert doesn't doesn't uh, what's his face show up in the Red Alert games? Uh, yeah, the um, Rocky Rocky uh, what, Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Tim Curry. Yeah, I forgot about that. I yeah, totally yeah, yeah, Red Alert. That. Oh yeah, I don't know which right. ones? No, you're right. I think it was the original. And then um, there was another guy who I couldn't tell you who his name was, but the guy who played the president in Red Alert 2 is, a, is another actor. I, yeah, I Tim Curry was in the Red Alert games. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. <laughs> yeah, um, so Command & Conquer, uh, those, those, those real-time strategy games, yeah. I always favored those over the Warcraft one. I don't know why. I think it was because I liked the modern military or futuristic military yeah, aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, the And just the way that they set up the ec- economics of the game. But yep. just whether you're doing a, a skirmish against Brutals or you're uh, fighting uh, other people online, it was a great game to play. For sure. Nice, nice. Um, my my number one is no surprise, Donkey Kong Country Two. Diddy's what? Uh, I thought that wasn't going to come up again. I I, I lied, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to break. You your were heart, hoarding your stash of bananas, were you? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting on a I'm sitting on a throne of banana lies. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's just my favorite game of all time. So that there's just like there's zero question where it was going to go. Um, I'm currently playing it on the Switch because they brought all the Donkey Kongs now to Switch Online, which is great. I'm about halfway through it, and I'm actually stopping myself from playing every two or three levels because I would just sit there and just play the whole thing in one shot. <laughs> mm. And I'm playing through it, and I still remember where most of the bonus barrels are, where most of the coins are, how to get to like it's just it's just the game again. Another one of those games I still have a physical. Uh, cartridge for it's actually just upstairs and uh with my original snes as well and it's just the game that i i don't know the more and more i think about it i could go on all day about how much i love this game so um yeah donkey kong country 2 number one you mentioned it's your favorite game of all time right yeah. it is okay. it is so i i can't yeah, I, mean, I can't deny i almost it. felt bad bringing yeah. it up in my life but yeah, <laughs> that, that's kind of but all right anyway, but i wasn't gonna bring it up again so <laughs> and and um you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but PlayStation One was out at this time, right? So we had so, PlayStation right? One games, PlayStation One games in. Uh, uh, yeah, in yeah, they would have been out for for at least. Uh, because I, when yeah. Mike mentioned '96, I believe I played that on PlayStation One as a, mm-hmm. the the reason for jumping to polygons, maybe. Perhaps. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of PlayStation One, I, I would be remiss if I didn't offer up another honorable mention which is twisted metal i don't know if you guys played that franchise but yeah i, yeah, I did. was my friend i had a blast with that yeah. game as a kid for sure yeah that was super fun my friend had a playstation that was i want to say it was a launch title but i don't know for sure 
And I know he had it early in the days and he was like the only friend I had that had a PS1 and we played the heck out of that game. Yeah, it it felt like, you know, Mario Kart battle perfected kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. We're so we're so deep into the Mario Kart stuff. And then this pops up and it's like violent Mario Kart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's basically what it was. Uh, All right. We're missing one more. Number one, Mike, what uh, sitting on the couch or computer as a kid? What was your uh, what was your it's funny because this number one. I actually didn't even own it, but even mm. though I didn't own it, even though I didn't even own the system that it played on, it's still my favorite <laughs> game, 1995. And I'll tell because it's basically the one of the greatest games ever made. That's Chrono Trigger. Yeah, so everyone's heard of Chrono Trigger, I hope, but it's basically the best RPG ever, ever made, pretty much. So, yeah. <laughs> and still is today. And I didn't own it. I had a friend that owned it. I would love to play it. I played it with him, and I never really got to play it alone. I had to always play with him when I was there, and it always annoyed me, but I wanted to go over and play it and play it. It wasn't until later when I got an emulator on my computer that I downloaded the game and finally got to play it. But still, my first experience with it was in 1995. That's when I fell in love with it. Yes, I didn't like play through it till a bit later, but no, I had no. it still has to be to me the best game nineteen ninety five because if you were making a list today of best games of all time, it would be on it would be on the list. So yeah, yeah, Dave, you definitely do have to go back and play it again. I know. Um, I'm just Pretty waiting bad. for it to come to the Switch. Uh, Is it not on Switch the, yet? No, no, no. They they not on the free virtual games. It might be a paid download. But. That seems like a game where I don't know if you guys paid attention to what they did with uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake, but I feel like if they could somehow reimagine Chrono Trigger and do a game similar to that, that would be a instant well, hit. I don't yeah. even want the reimagined. I just want the game in its Super Nintendo state because it's, it's kind it's of perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just on Switch because they have the Super Nintendo on Switch. They have the free like yeah. dad games every month. Um, I just so, meant that the story is so good that you could definitely try and bring it to life with modern graphics and whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So it, it is available to play on things like Pay for on 3DS or even, I think you can even get an iOS. I think you can buy it. As oh, really? Well, I might look into um, that after this. Yeah, that's actually yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> and if you are playing Chrono Trigger, make sure you have the headphones in because the music yeah. is incredible for the 16 bit or definitely the, heard the, the, music. the old consoles. Yeah. So. Oh man, and I I like the Final Fantasy SNES games, but nothing nothing tops Chrono Trigger. I think it is probably my favorite RPG of all time. Um, even though the RPGs these days have all these fancy mechanics and graphics, just the way Chrono Trigger, the story, and uh, it's just it's just so perfect. Like you have to play it. So just hits home, Mike. You're getting all the feels with it, eh? (laughs) It's the nostalgia, partly. It's the you know. It's just crazy that I feel like it's the best RPG ever, and it's not even one of the numbered Final Fantasy installments. It's like its own. Yeah, it's like its own beautiful creation. Exactly. Yeah, by Square Enix. So, yeah, it's amazing. It had it had great choice. Yeah, I think it had one sequel. It Chrono Cross. I think it was. Was that related to it? I think it might have been. So. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, it's not like like you said. I mean, I know a lot of the Final Fantasies are they're technically standalones and everything as well, but. Mm 
Yeah, nice. Okay, so we have... They talk about the developers of that game. There are three of them that were just, like, considered the dream team when it came to uh, RPGs. Just Yeah, just bringing those all to life and stuff, yeah. Um, I have a funny, fun thing, too, that was that I looked up. Uh, the obviously very definitive, um, reliable source of Wikipedia because there's no other way to check your sources, obviously. Um, these days, there's no other way, other way to look. It's the only way. Uh, the top rented <laughs> games... So it's not just about sales, because as we were kids, like we've mentioned with other games and stuff, if it wasn't PC, you were renting games all the time or you were going to a friend's place. Yeah, um, and certain games lend themselves to being like weekend games, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it was always a weekend, a Friday night or early Saturday rental or whatever, right? Um, so a lot of these actually came out in 94 or late in 94 and carried over to 95, which is which is interesting. So the number one rented game, at least in the U.S., and according to Blockbuster numbers, which would have been the number one chain at the time, obviously, is the first Donkey Kong, actually, was the first oh. rented, rented game. I nice. mean, there were save files on it, so you could save your game, but, you know, I, the next person rents that cartridge, they can just delete your game, which is... Can you imagine? You put crazy. it in, like, the third slot and just hope. Pray. Yeah, well, I always pick the third slot. I don't know what it is. Even even now, I have it on the Switch. I, I pulled it up, and, I, and my save goes into the third slot. I don't know why. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's maybe that's why. I can't days. remember why I started doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was always that. Um, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, which I think was just like, um, and specifically on the Genesis. So I think that's... that's Dude, I can't believe NBA Jam didn't make my list because that game is incredible. But um, there were just a lot of good games that year. So yeah. I'm glad you're mentioning and it. The but, tournament uh, edition one, I think, is specific to 95. The original came out in 94. Right. So it's just sort of like a thing. And then 94 as well. Like the, the third one as well was also a 94 game, but carried over to 95 was Killer Instinct. Oh, yeah. Another. So those top those were the top three rented games, according to Blockbuster in the US, which is which is I I, I think that that seems about right. I think especially multiplayer games, especially NBA Jam. Uh, regardless of what edition it is and killer instinct they're easy weekend rentals with, with siblings cousins friends whatever so um, yeah i've mentioned was- killer instinct it's up there with mortal Kombat in my mind i i didn't have a super nes but i played it on my friend's super nes and we had a lot of fun with that game for sure yeah yeah for sure and on, along the same lines um yeah i don't know that we have a uh a definitive one but that's okay because like we said with the movies the games are just like there's just too many good ones yeah we should we should crown we should crown the best game of 95 i think looking at our lists it would have to be warcraft 2 made all three of our lists it didn't make mine though oh it didn't make yours yeah mm-hmm. i had mine at, at uh i had mine i mine at three you had it at three two was mortal Kombat on your list or was it fringe no it wasn't for me it was five on mine was hmm. Command and Conquer on your list? We have anything that's number one. <laughs> was Command and Conquer on your list, Dave? No, it wasn't. My my RTS was taken up by Warcraft, so <laughs> let's just not embarrass was, ourselves and give it to Chrono yeah. Trigger because we all know it's. I'm the best fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm with okay that. with that too. But I was yeah. gonna ask if Donkey Kong Two was on Mike's list because that might be. The no, one. I never really like. It's a good enough game that it would. It's worthy of the spot. I just never played it. Uh, were there any other honorable mentions that you were kind of itching to talk about another favorite guest on back in my day would have definitely mentioned uh mega man 3 and that's scott burnett yeah for sure (laughs) yeah yeah i I considered that too but i was like i've never been big at those games because i've always sucked at them (laughs) yeah and then one that there was a game that mike i think michael r power had said that he had never even knew existed which i loved on sega genesis which was comics zone oh yeah. yeah that game was really cool 
Yeah, I never, I never played it, but I know I've, I've seen lots of. Just as a fan of comic books, and it kind of felt that you were uh, like a comic book was being brought to life on the the screen. Yeah, a la so maybe cool. into the Spider Verse. Fast forward to 2018, but uh, yeah. <laughs> something like that when you're playing on the Genesis and you kind of you're you feel like you're creating a comic book in the process. Yeah. Did we pick a movie of '95? We did. did. We crown a movie? I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I'm fine with the Chrono Trigger run for games for sure. Okay. As far as a movie goes, I would. I, I'm good with. I think Jumanji was was there. For I think a Jumanji or Toy Story would have to. Yeah. Be. I think um, it would. I would lean towards Toy Story only because like. I don't think Jumanji makes my current list. It would definitely have made my list in the past. Yeah. Toy Story. But uh, I, didn't, okay. I didn't have it on my list. Toy Story about. was my two. It was Dave's one. So there you go. Yeah. So Toy Story. And, and Goldeneye. Trigger. I mean, that's a big back in my day project. I don't know. Dude. Was it on your list, Dave, or no? No. No. no for me, Bond wasn't that big uh, when I was younger. I know I definitely watched them and stuff, but it was bigger when I was the older I got. So. But, yeah, I, but 95 in yeah. general was so massive when you consider that we didn't even talk about movies like Casino or Heat. Like, there's so many good movies. I know, and Casino's incredible. That movie's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could do a whole other episode of Rank the Ones Now, you know what I mean? Now, Not the ones yeah. when you were a kid. But yeah, I, think, yeah. I think Toy Story and Chrono Trigger. So, congratulations yeah. to those two for being the uh, back Real in my day. Capsule, 25 years. 1995. Uh, movie and show of the year or movie yeah, and game our 1995 time capsule exactly there yeah. we go so we got those at the top of our list and um yeah we're gonna put our, our list together for 2020 i think uh, there's a lot of things that we haven't played and watched and stuff but it's not going to be definitive it's going to be whatever we got our hands on and eyes on i think and tv shows and stuff so we're going to be yeah, doing yeah, i would have loved i would have loved to do 2020 like before to be the first episode of the new year but yeah we just need a little time because i know like two or three things that have to be most complete I got for Christmas. I got some games. That, nice. Uh, I need to get Me a few too, hours actually. in before before we do our rankings. So that's yeah. really the reason. We take our time. We want to do it properly. We don't want to just sort of rush into it and just assume, yeah. right? So looking forward to that. And as we're all itching to get uh, leave 2020 behind in the dust and get into 2021, I'm going to tease ahead to another potential topic that I was ridiculed for bringing up, which is 1996. You guys said, "Oh, maybe we'll approach that at the 30 year mark." Well, actually, we're going to be at the 25 year mark this time next year. That's so right. there's another opportunity Perfect. for another big blockbuster year. Perfect. So. Long, long-term plans. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plans. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right, Mike, where's everyone finding us uh, in the meantime before, the, before we start throwing out our 2020 uh, choices here? Yeah. So look for that on our social media accounts, Day Back In. Uh, so follow us on Instagram and Twitter. The podcast is called Back In My Day. Find it on your podcast <laughs> app of choice. And, uh, and if anyone has choices they want to toss our way, let us know what you enjoyed watching, playing, all of that. Uh, we'd be happy to share it, too, which is kind of cool. So um, that's pretty much it for, for our current – right now we're sitting at New Year's Eve. Currently for Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 1996 and happy 2021. <laughs> we'll, right. we'll talk to everybody next time. General Krukov wouldn't be disappointed if you were defeated, comrade. Such a failure would reflect badly on my leadership, and he would use that perception to bolster his power. Prove him wrong.